Our scripture reading today draws together just a few of the many verses about work in the book of Proverbs. Let us stand for the reading of God's word. Proverbs 14, verse 23. All hard work brings benefit, but if all you do is talk, you will be impoverished. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8. You people who don't want to work, think about the ant. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander. It has no leader or ruler. But it stores up its food in summer. It gathers its food at harvest time. You lazy people, how long will you lie there? When will you get up from your sleep? Proverbs 21, verses 5 through 6 and 13. The plans of people who work diligently flourish. You can be just as sure that those who want success in a hurry will become poor. A fortune made by people who tell lies amounts to nothing and leads to death. Whoever has wealth but refuses to listen to the cries of poor people will also cry out and not be answered. Proverbs 26, verses 13 through 16. A person who doesn't want to work says, There's a lion in the road. There's an angry lion wandering in the streets. A person who doesn't want to work turns over in bed, just like a door that swings back and forth. A person who doesn't want to work leaves his hand in his plate. He acts as if he's too tired to bring his hand back up to his mouth. A person who doesn't want to work is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who give careful answers. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Lynn told me that if if talk only makes you poor, that's why pastors are so poor. We'll find out. I want to talk to you about work today because we're in the book of Proverbs and the book of Proverbs has so much to say about work. But the thing I've seen as I've been pulling this together is it doesn't talk about work in the same way that most of our business books in the 21st century talks about work. Instead, it um, sometimes tells stories. Uh, Look, I observed an ant or I observed this field. Or at other times it gives these sort of pithy, cryptic sayings that when you read them, you think, ah, I have that one nailed, I know what it's all about. And then you start chewing on it. And you begin to think maybe God's saying more than you thought he was saying. Should I show you one? Okay, Proverbs 14.23. Here it is. In all hard work, there is something to be gained. But mere talk leads to impoverishment. Right now, where you are in your life, uh, does that proverb have anything to say to you? How does it strike you? All right, keep it up there for a moment. Uh, What if you've come to church and you've lost your job, you're unemployed? Uh, Do you read that proverb and you say, well, Pastor Greg, I'd like to have some work. I'd work hard if I could, but I can't. So that proverb doesn't have anything to say to me today. Or, Or maybe you've come and you're underemployed. I mean, you work really hard, but working hard, you don't make enough money even to support you and and your family while you see some of these other, at least in your eyes, lazy people, (laughs) 
who seem to be succeeding. And, and you might wonder, you read that proverb and you say, is it even true? I might even want to leave. Don't leave. I want you to, don't. Or maybe on the other side, you're the supervisor of lots of people and you're fairly well paid. So, so you read that proverb, in all hard work, there's something to be gained. And you say, right. That's why I'm where I want, want to be. And that's why all these other people around me work for me because I work harder than they do. That's a great proverb. Do you, do you think that's what the Bible's saying? Uh, or maybe I'll take it down. Maybe you're, you're a student. You live at home. Your parents are always trying to get you to get up and get out of bed and get on to school and get things done. When are you going to get a job? Um, your teachers are trying to get you to get your jobs done. But really, you just want to sit there and, and if you do anything, you just want to watch videos on YouTube. Do you think God is saying anything to you in that verse? Or if I take it all the way up to the, the other end, maybe you're um, recently retired. And so you come to church and, and you hear God say, there's always benefit in hard work. Uh, do you think, there's nothing in that verse for me. I'm tired of working hard. That's why I'm retired. And, uh, and I made enough money so I don't have to work. Uh, do you think God is saying anything to you in, in all hard work? There, there is advantage. See, I, I just find when I read these Proverbs that almost every time I go back to them, they hit me in a new way, depending on what's happening in my life and the situation that I'm in. Have you ever seen that? So what I thought I would do today is take this one proverb and let it uh, guide us through the entire message. And I want you to be asking whether God is saying anything to you, your situation, from this verse, Proverbs 14:23. I'm just going to take it line by line, just phrase by phrase, all right? Phrase one, all hard work. Now, I've got to tell you something. Um, the book of Proverbs is very positive about work. If you don't like work, uh, it's very positive. In fact, the whole of Scripture is positive about work. Um, so when, when we open the Bible, I, I pointed this out before. In the book of Genesis, we find God working. He, he's making things. He's, he, he's creating things. And even when human beings are made, we find God digging down into the dirt. That's what he's described. Tim Keller says that God who gets his fingernails dirty. So we see God is one in whose image we are made, who says work, being productive is good. And then when we see him creating people, he doesn't just create philosophers. Uh, he creates a gardener to, to till the soil, to, to, to get things done. And in fact, when you read through the entire Bible, as my mom used to say, from cover to cover, you see it speaks positively about work so that even when you get to the very end, um, you have a city coming down. And we're going to be a part of that. And we're going to be able to at last begin caring for what God has made rather than destroying it. Uh, yes, heaven is not going to be a place where we're up in clouds playing harps. I don't know who ever got that idea. We've been made to be productive and God's going to give us the opportunity to have our lives count. So the Bible is positive from beginning to end about work. But I'm telling you, this phrase in Proverbs 14.23 takes it to a whole new level. When it says, in all hard work, there is some advantage. Now, I've got to tell you, that's not the usual word that the Hebrew uses for work. It's ased. It's a word that refers to more than just uh, the work that you do in, in employment. It has to do with almost any activity that you do. 
Any task that you have, any assignment that you have, anything that requires you to, to be focused, to get it done, take some discipline and diligence to get it done, and maybe even struggle to get it accomplished. Sometimes it's translated toil. So it, it, it's something that applies to every moment that you live. That there's something, there's some reason you're alive. There's something that God would have you to do. What is God calling you to do at this very moment right here in this service? What do you think it might be? I I tell you, I think the work to which he has called you is to listen carefully to his word to see if God has anything to say to you. How how are you doing at your job? Let me just ask you that. This is a good sermon for the pastor to preach. People will listen better. So every day of our lives, as I look at it, we wake up and there are many tasks, there are many opportunities that we always have. Some of them are really small, some of them are significant and, and difficult, some of, them are, some of them are great. Like what? Well, the most natural one that our mind goes to, even when we hear that word hard, hard work, is to the employment that we have. And God is saying, if, if you have a job right now, then when you go there... Go at it with diligence and focus and and with energy, even if it isn't a job that you like at this moment or one that you would have chosen. So that Paul, in in, in several of his um, letters, would talk about this thing. In Ephesians chapter 6, talking to people who had terrible jobs. I'll just tell you that. You can read that text and see it. He says, when you go, serve wholeheartedly as if you are working as unto the Lord and not just people. So it, it, it applies in that way. But it includes many other things. Students, when you go to work, you don't go and say, I can get by. You know, I'm pretty smart. I can make a C. If you go, be the best student that you can be. Focus on it. And when you come to church and you have the opportunity to welcome a stranger, if if welcoming is what you're called to do, do it as well as you can. Uh, Do it with fervor. Uh, When you have the opportunity to pray, Focus on the presence of God. Speak to Him. I want want you to think of it this way. Whatever task you have at any moment of each day, in any place, in any situation, view it as a task God has given you. View those small things, the places where you are, the things that you're doing, as callings from God. Uh, Proverbs hard work, really, it says approach everything you do with energy and focus and with diligence. And it says, here's what it looks like. Proverbs 6, 6 through 9, I don't know if you noticed when Tracy read, he said it looks like an ant. All right, so I am going to use an ant as a positive illustration. And this is really hard for me because ants have been just invading our home. I've been trying to destroy them, not learn from them. All right, but here here goes. Because God tells us, I've created these ants for a reason. And one of the reasons is, so you'll learn how to live. I mean, if an ant can live this way, surely human beings can. Think about the ant, he says. Consider its ways, and you'll be wise. What are we going to see? It has no commander. It doesn't need a leader. It doesn't need a ruler. But but still, it goes out, and it stores up food in the summer, and it gathers its food at harvest time which it's doing at my house right now as I preach to you. 
so when I look at this thing, what do you learn from these ants? I, I tell you, one of the basic things is this motivation to live lives that are really alive, living in the present, making the most of opportunities, something that comes from the inside to the out. The, the ant doesn't need to have his parents come in and say, wake up, there's a job to do, be done. But it comes because the, you, you want to have your life count in that moment. And you know that life goes by. You want to make the most of it. The ant is Colossians 3.23 in action. That whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As if you are working for the Lord. Not just people. So, this first phrase in all your hard work in chapter 14 verse 23 is a phrase that applies to everyone do you believe that? that it applies to you it, every day and in every situation it, it says that you shouldn't just muddle through your day and live as if your life doesn't matter this is what the Bible is always saying our lives matter the, the time that we have is a gift from God. And live each moment of life with focus and with energy, knowing that God is there. And there's a reason why He has put you where He's putting you. It's teaching us that there is always something that can be done with your time and with the responsibilities that you have. I tell you, I, when I started thinking about it this way, I thought what I want you to do is wake up every moment of your life and say, God, what would you have me to do today? I'm, the job that I have, the things I'm doing, that's not what I would choose. But God, you're in control, so I'm going to trust that you've chosen it for me. I, I want to represent you well. I'll work hard and bring blessing to this world. First phrase. <laughs> Which brings me into the second. So in all that hard work, there is something to be gained. All right, when you engage in energetic, focused work... The Bible is saying there's always some benefit, there's some profit for something. So who benefits? And what kind of benefit is it? I tell you, I have uh, read a lot of commentaries, especially ones that are done in America, about this verse. And, and so many of them say, well, if you work hard, you'll get rich. Do you think it's saying that? Well, what is it saying? What, what is it saying? I want to say this as clearly as I can that there is, the Bible is saying that there is some personal benefit to you when you live every day of your life fully alive and being as productive as you can. I honestly think the way you and I are made is that whenever we see our lives accomplishing something, completing something, there's a deep sense of satisfaction and fulfillment inside. It's what the Jewish people called shalom. Such a beautiful... And, and what we do doesn't have to be paid work. But, it, but it's something that we say, this, this is an opportunity that I have, even if it's welcoming someone, greeting someone, uh, being involved in some way that you hadn't expected, in conversation with someone, doing it with joy and with energy. Jesus put it in such a profound way in John 4, verse 34. Because on that day when they were passing through, going on to Samaria, his disciples saw him working. They said, we're just passing through. And, and he said, that it's so profound. Verse 34 said, listen, my food, and by that Jesus meant his, his nourishment, his fulfillment, is what? To do the will of my Father and to accomplish his work. 
So, so, so you know when there's a job, you've done this before, haven't you? Well, especially when there's a challenging job and you've gone at it, it's been some struggle and you've gotten it completed. There's this deep sense of satisfaction inside. That's what he's getting at in this particular verse. Now, I, I want to say this too. The book of Proverbs, you can't read it without seeing that some of that personal benefit isn't just inner fulfillment, but that there's almost always at least a greater likelihood of some material benefit. Uh, you're more likely to have food to put on the table if you work hard than if you're lazy. You're more likely to have a place to sleep if you work hard than, than if you're lazy. It's not always that way. Even Jesus sometimes did not have a place to lay his head. Even the Apostle Paul who would say in the book of Philippians, um, I've learned what it is to have plenty, but there were times when he had want when he was in need as well. So I'm not saying it always happens. But I am telling you this, when you work hard, and the book of Proverbs affirms this all the time, it's more likely that there will be some material benefit. So that you have places like Proverbs 28, 19. Those who work their land will have food. Those who chase fantasies. I think I'm going to play the lottery today. Those who chase fantasies will be very poor. Now, I am very aware that there are a lot of people in our world who sometimes are as lazy as can be and still have plenty of food and plenty of money. Maybe they've been born into it. Or maybe they've cheated to get it. In the short run that will last, but the Bible says that will be an empty life. And at the end of the day we'll have to stand in judgment before God. So mark it down, the end of that kind of life is not good. So there's something to be gained personally for you when you work hard and focus and live well like that. But I'll tell you, it's not just the advantage that he talks about. There's something to be gained from hard work. Don't you think that when you and I do this, it affects other people and other things as well positively? Yes, it does. The benefit's not just for the one who works hard. When you make the most of every day, it changes everything. It'll make your marriage better. If your spouse isn't always having to get you, we just get up and change the light bulb. And you say, hey, I noticed the light bulb is out. I'm going to go change it. It'll be better. It'll change your family. I'm, I'm talking about small things which grow into big things. I'm talking about your family. Um, if every day your parents are having to get in and wake you up and try to get you out of bed, it, it just is draining. But, it, but if you get up in the morning, just think in a place if you get up in, and, and you get the coffee made. And, and you get into the shower and you get out so that your brother or sister can get in. And, and you get out to the car in time so that everybody's not always having to wait on you. Do you think that brings advantage to anybody around you? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Your family benefits. It's a better way to live. You benefit. Your church will benefit. Oh, if you live well, you get up, you get to church, and you actually get here on time. And, and, you're, and, and you really come alive, focused, wanting to hear what the pastor has to say. I'll preach better if you do that. I, I, I really will. And, and you'll want to serve. You'll want, and you'll make a difference in our children. And you'll make a difference in our student ministries that are here. And, and do you think the workplace is a better place if, if you work hard? I tell you, everybody around you will benefit if you come with joy and with energy and with focus. 
I don't even have to use illustrations of that. All of us have been in work situations where you have one member of the team that doesn't do their job. Now everybody has to, some of you are naughty, <laughs> everybody has to pick up for But if you, if you go and work with diligence with the, and with energy, it's better. In all hard work, there is something to be gained. It's a profound truth, don't you think? These proverbs are worth thinking about. Which brings me to the other part of that verse, phrase three. But mere talk. The word really is for empty talk. Saying things, never doing anything. Uh, I have found, I, I think the most unforgettable verses in the book of Proverbs are verses about lazy people. Um, Tracy read one of them for you. I've got to read it again. Chapter 26, verse 13 and following. A sluggard says, There's a lion in the road. I can't go do anything today. I might fail that boss. A fierce lion out there roaming the streets. So as a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. If he gets out of bed, a sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He's too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. And yet a sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer wisely. When you read things like that, do you picture it? Do you see this person so mentally weary? Every day kind of like that. Not just tied to his bed, but hinged to the bed like a door. So, so mentally weary, can't muster the energy even to get up and feed himself. Makes these excuses for why he's not getting anything done. Why, why he didn't uh, get his homework done today. All these excuses that are there. And yet... Uh, Solomon says he's wiser in his own eyes than seven people who actually get some things accomplished. Because it becomes a way of life and sometimes we don't even realize we have a right to do nothing. That, that's what makes preaching a sermon like this so hard. For those of us here who have problems with really making the most of every moment, You'll hear this and think it has nothing to say to you. And the rest of the workaholics here, you'll just say, I've got to work harder. <laughs> so, but I'm preaching it anyway to see if God would give us wisdom. All right. So if the um, hardworking person is like an ant, uh, what is the lazy person like? It's like a sloth. Um, so I was talking about this, and I was, Pastor Perry was in my um, preaching group, and he pointed out a YouTube video, and I just want to tell you that Perry doesn't just only watch YouTube videos. He does, he does more than that. But uh, he did show me this, and I, because the book of Proverbs paints pictures with words, I thought in our day, 21st century, one of the best things I could do is to actually show you a picture, a video of this. So look at this. Don't be like this guy.
This was really um, hard for me to show to you. And it happened after the first service. Everybody said, I like that sloth. I want to be like that sloth. No, you want to be like the ant. So lazy. If it just opened its eyes, it could tell which ones are the carrots. It would be so easy to do. So you see what Proverbs 14.23 is pointing out, a way of life where we live without any energy, without any joy, without any gusto. It's described in other ways in other verses. Let me tell you what some of them are. 28.19, it's a life of just chasing fantasies. I don't want to work. Why can't I win that lottery? Uh, Chapter 21, verse 5, it's living life without any aim or purpose in life. It ends up being so empty. Chapter 21, verse 13, it's, it's ignoring the cries of the poor. Don't even have the energy that when people are hurting to reach out and care. Chapter 24, verse 30, you don't have any sense, don't want to work. And the result is what's found in the last phrase. I, I just want to tell you, I don't want any of this to be said of any of you. I, I, I hope the people who come to Lake Avenue Church, when they visit us, they say, that, that is the most energetic group of people. When they sing, they, they sing to the glory of God. When they, when they welcome one another, they do so with joy. So, but mere talk, that kind of lazy life, leads to impoverishment, the fourth phrase. So, I talked about the advantages that come whenever a person works hard. Uh, What's impoverished if you're lazy? What goes lacking if you don't do what you're supposed to do? Well, I've already pointed out that that we ourselves become dissatisfied. It's like, I I knew there was some reason I'm supposed to live, but but I'm not finding any purpose in my life. There's there's no purpose for me being here. So chapter 6, verse 11 points out that it leaves you in the same situation as if someone had robbed you. But really, you're just robbing yourself. Because, again, as I keep saying, God made you today. He gave you this day to live. There's a reason why you are here and in this world. It's not by chance. And yet, if you just withdraw, it leaves you so empty and dissatisfied. There was a study that I found in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. It points out that people who just sit and view television for an average of six hours a day, it it will cut their lifespan by five years. The researchers claim that every hour of television we watch after the age of 25 reduces our life expectancy by 21.8 minutes. How do they figure that out? I I don't know. Uh, um, If you want to combine that, uh, uh, think about that. Smoking a cigarette reduces your life expectancy by about 11 minutes. So one hour of television is like two cigarettes. So just doing nothing, you think you're going to live longer, but you don't. It drains you. So Proverbs 14.23 might be translated this way. Emptiness, uh, laziness empties you of your life. It drains you out. So it sort of affects you, but it affects other people too. And, And Proverbs is so 
uh, clear about that. Uh, the family unit in Proverbs was much more like those of you who have come from outside of the Western world. It was an extended family, and every life deeply affects every other life, and Solomon wants to make sure that we know that it's important to our families to work hard. So he says, laziness brings shame upon the entire family. Chapter 10, verse 5. So a child who gathers crops in summer is wise, but a child who sleeps at harvest time brings shame to the family. Oh, we've all experienced that. When somebody else in the family has to pick up for what somebody else does or hasn't done. He also says that it irritates people at work and, and, and harms the entire business. So that same chapter, chapter 10, verse 26, just, just look at this. Those who don't want to work hurt those they work for. Lazy people are like vinegar on the teeth and smoke in the eyes. I read this and I thought about when I took that job as a president of a university, one of my closest friends, just a wonderful uh, businessman, was trying to talk to me about uh, looking for the kind of people that you supervise and the kind of people you want to hire. And he says, the slot, the lazy person like Proverbs talks about, you can always know because when you do your job review, instead of you interviewing them, they try to review you. And, and he says, when you find out that they're, they're sitting there and saying, I'd be the best worker you had if you were a good boss. He said, you've got to know that person just has learned to blame everything that he or she doesn't do on everybody else. It'll be a poison to the company. It's better to find somebody else. And that, that's what Proverbs is getting at here. Now, over years, we developed this, this way of life. It's so much like what we've talked about other weeks here. That I pointed out when it, with anger, that you would think if you get angry, you get rid of your anger, but it doesn't. You establish a way of life in which you're angry. Uh, last week we talked about sexual faithfulness, this way of, of filling your mind with lust and giving in to all of those desires. You would think well, I could get rid of it, but no, no, it, it, it demands more. The same thing is true here of laziness. It becomes a way of life that becomes very, very hard to change. And I think the most incisive verse about this is chapter 18, verse 9. That anyone who doesn't want to work is like someone who destroys. That's a serious thing that the Bible is saying. It's telling us in, in very, very clear terms that we do damage to those around us, our families, our, our church. There, there, there's gifts that God has given you to serve the entire body when you don't use them. Everything else is hurt. So let me try to draw all this together. As, as I read through the uh, book of Proverbs and all of its verses on work, it made me think about the way of life that I find the Apostle Paul talking about all the time. So I'll, I'll show you again a couple of the verses. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. How do we live? Uh, be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Uh, redeeming the time. Time goes by so fast. Do you know I'm completing seven years today here at Lake Avenue Church? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, I, I wonder if you feel like it feels more like 70. or. But I, I feel like I've just started and, and you find out life goes by so fast, but if you make the most of every opportunity, redeeming the time, that's how we live. Or in a different way, he puts the same point, 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 
Whatever you do, do it in such a way that when people watch you, they see something different in you. One of the verses that I've shown you several times, Ephesians 6, 7. So serve, work wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord because you are. Oh, Lake Avenue Church people, what I don't want you to do is to muddle through a single day of your life. Muddling is no good. Uh, Have your life count today. Because, you know, Proverbs always tells us that in every one of these issues, we have two paths that we can go on. Uh, The path of wisdom, the path of folly. Uh, The path of folly is is a path of laziness. It's the path of least resistance. And, And Proverbs keeps saying that the path of wisdom, the way God wants you to live, is to make the most of every moment that you live. I call it kingdom effectiveness. Uh, The the way of least resistance. I've tried to write down how I describe it. It's a way of procrastination. It's a way of staying in bed every day too long. It's a way of missing assignments too often. Always making excuses. My dog ate the homework. It's a way of saying, it doesn't really matter whether I work today or not. It's saying, well, the boss isn't around. Nobody's watching me. I don't have to. It's always saying tomorrow, maybe, manana, maybe manana. It's the way of no plans, no forethought, no enthusiasm. I'm just telling you, it is a boring, rotten way of life. There's a better way that God would have you to live. All right, that's what I call you to. The way that I'm calling the other way, the kingdom effectiveness, is very different. Now, I've got to say this quickly. It's not workaholism. That's another sermon. Uh, Proverbs is the wrong place to talk about that because it likes work so much. But it's not that. Because work, as good as it is, can become a rotten god. It can become a slave master. And it's not telling us we should never stop and rest or take a vacation. Uh, Because the Bible sometimes commands us to stop. And Jesus would pull away to have his inner being restored. So it's not saying that at all. Again, another sermon. What Proverbs is talking about is a whole lifestyle uh, of getting up and going hard to fulfill a commitment. It's, it's a way of preparation for what's ahead, of wanting to show up to work on time, wanting to make sure that your boss will know that you, if, if, if he or she has hired you, you're, they're going to get a good eight days of really good work for eight days' pay. It's doing what your job description says, but when there are opportunities to do some other things, to find joy in doing that. Now, here's the ironic thing about these two paths. Uh, the way of laziness looks easy, like, like the sloth. But once you get on it, it turns into something unimaginably hard and empty. And the way of kingdom effectiveness, the way God calls you to live, looks at first on hard, that it's hard. But when you get on that path, it turns out to be so deeply fulfilling, energizing. So I want you every day of your life to do something with the life God has given you. Do you, do you feel like living today is a gift of God to you? Do you know that you're made in his image and that when you're a believer he gives his spirit to you? Do you know that he's done that for a reason? (laughs) 
And that is to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So if you're working, work with energy every day. If you're a student, go after those assignments with fervor each time. Whatever you have the opportunity to do, do it with all the might that God gives you. Do it as if you're doing it for the Lord himself. Because you are. Because you are. So I'll leave you that verse again. In all hard work, there is something to be gained. But mere talk leads to impoverishment. Choose wisdom. Live to his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Let me lead us in prayer. Father, I don't know what you want to say to each one of us today. We started by seeing that this part of your word hits us in different ways every time we read it. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you in the role as pastor that I've been given and pray for each one here today. May your spirit take this your word and apply it to each life. Father, use this to shape the way we live each moment. Use it to renew our joy and our energy for living. Help us, each one of us, to be open in every encounter, in every task, in every conversation, to be open to what you would have to do in us and through us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.